So the big question is this, how do young men like us who didn't listen to society, who are on our own, how do we grow and improve ourselves so that we can live better tomorrow? That it's a question and this show will give you the answers. My name is James Radzinski and welcome to the Ascend Momentum Show. Welcome back everyone. So today is going to be another Transurfing Principles episode. I've done a few of these in the past and today will be part three. I like to do these because I want you guys to hear what I'm reading about in real time and also Transurfing is very important so I want to share it with you guys. And I also do it for many more reasons. Like, it helps me understand it more by teaching it. It refreshes my memory because I go back from the past like 10 days and re- reread all the notes that I wrote and then consolidate them all into one like principles list that I talk about on these episodes. But if you guys are trying to watch these episodes in real time, you know that I'm documenting my journey. So I want you guys to know that today I recorded, this is my second episode that I'm recording because next weekend, today is Sunday. So I just got done recording episode 39, like 10 minutes ago. And today is Sunday and next weekend I will be out of town so I won't be able to record. So I'm trying to have a, I'm trying to record two more episodes than normal so I can have a backlog so I don't have to worry about catching up. I'm just preparing for the future because I won't be able to record next weekend. So I will just not record next weekend. And with that said, today I'm recording two and then tomorrow I'm recording two as well. So I'm going to record episode 41 tomorrow. It's just going to be documenting a normal episode. And then 42 will be another Transurfing Principles. And I consolidated all of my notes from the past 10 days because the last Transurfing Principles episode I recorded was 10 days ago. So I have 10 days worth of content to share in two episodes. It's about nine pages worth of notes that I wrote down. So it took me like 30 to 40 minutes to even consolidate all of this stuff in the first place. And I simply just rewrote it again. So with that said, I just want to review how the, these types of episodes work. So I'm going to be reading the principle. So I have my, I wrote down a lot of principles just in bullet points in a bullet point style. I don't actually have bullet points on my paper, but in a bullet point style, and I'll just be reading the principle and then speaking on it. But if I have nothing to speak on, I'm just going to move on to the next one. Okay. So with that, with all that said, let's get straight into it. I'm going to adjust my microphone so I can look down. All right. First one. When a person experiences feelings of sincere gratitude, they radiate creative energy. So this is very, I feel like this is a very important quote because I want to explain what creative energy is. So the world is made up of, there's a common energy source amongst everything in the world. And that is love. Some people call it God. Some people call it love. doesn't really matter what you call it, but there's a common source of energy that flows through everything in the world and it's love and that is that love is creative energy and there's also a thing called balanced forces and then there's also a thing that us as humans create is called excess potential so anytime we destroy the balance anytime we think badly of someone, think highly of ourselves, do any like anything that destroys the balance, we create excess potential. 
And then that excess potential generates balancing forces. And the balancing forces aim at bringing back the balance. Because the world is always trying to maintain a state of balance. Like with the waves coming in and going out, the high tide, low tide, uh, the sun, like night and day, all this stuff. Just the world is always trying to maintain balance. And there's never, complete balance is never actually achieved, but just trying to maintain homeostasis. Now, with that said, balanced forces were created by their like foundational, their foundation is based off of creative energy, that same force of love, that same force that goes through everything is what creates balanced forces. And so balanced forces strive to eliminate things that destroy balance. And when it comes to us humans, they do that through literally just reducing our influence on the world. So we we don't have as much influence on the world because of balance of forces. Well, it's actually because of ourselves because we're creating excess potential and then balance forces brings the balance back by reducing our influence on the world. So to bring everything together, if you're experiencing sincere gratitude, that is an emotion and negative emotions like envy creates excess potential. But sincere gratitude creates creative energy. So you're radiating at a creative energy frequency. And since that frequency is the same frequency that is a foundation of balanced forces, the balanced forces can't actually destroy it because that would be like destroying their, their creator. Like they can't do that. And that's kind of the explanation that to my understanding, that's the explanation that Adam Zellin gave on all that. Now he didn't give that direct explanation how I did. He gave that explanation in little bits and pieces throughout the entire book. And then I crafted it all into just that. All right, so the next. Complaints, requests, and demands. All inventions of pendulums create excess potential. Delaying action leading to a buildup of energy. So if you're complaining... Well, first of all, everyone knows that complaining is not good. It's not constructive at all. And in fact, it's actually destructive. Because if you complain, then you're not actually grateful for the world. And you're basically saying, you're basically being unappreciative of what you have. And you're basically trying to act like, you're basically saying, oh, why don't I have more? And that's a destructive emotion, a destructive attitude. But requests, on the other hand, is a not so much known destructive attitude. Many people like to request to God to give them things. But it's no different if you request a newspaper than if you request a mansion from God. They're all the same. If God governs the entire universe, God can can do anything. It's the same if he gives you a newspaper as a billion dollars. It's all the same to him. But who are we to think that God would that God will like actually listen and give you what you want? Who are we? We are so we think that we're so important that God is worried about what we're requesting of him. When in reality, God has given us the greatest gift of all, which is the freedom of choice. And that basically allows us to go out and get it ourselves. So who are we to whine and complain and demand and request for things from the person who gave us the ability to get them ourselves? 
And that's also demands. If we demand something that's just destructive because the world gave us the ability to get th- get things on our own. So we don't need to ask more of the world. And their inventions are the pendulums. And pendulums are basically energy sources that are destructive towards us and we like to they hook into us and basically control us and that's why many people don't really get what they want out of life because they're under the influence of pendulums now everyone's under the influence of pendulums in some way or another it's just how much you want how much you choose to let it go in most people let pendulums go on as much as possible but transurfers choose to let pendulums in as much as it provides their own goals waiting worrying doubt and desire only drain your energy so let's repeat that waiting worrying doubt and desire drain your energy so if you're waiting for something to happen then it'll drain your energy if you're worrying about something that will drain your energy if you doubt something will happen drain your energy if you desire something it'll drain your energy now all of these attitudes are all destructive and none of them are constructive desire there's no constructive trait about desire if you desire something it will not happen but if you intend to have something it will happen desire alone leads to nothing doubt well if you doubt something that's just simply just use common sense if you doubt that you'll achieve your goals well you're not helping anyone they're your goals to achieve and if you doubt them well you're just hurting yourself just use common sense. Worrying, also use common sense. There's no point in worrying about things. Like, actually think to yourself, why do I worry so much? It's because you place too much meaning and importance on things. You, you place too much value on things. Like, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to make enough money before funnel hacking live i was worried i wouldn't even make any money before funnel hacking live but then i realized that that's just draining my energy and it's just not it's just destructive towards me worry is not constructive at all outer intention simply chooses a certain alternative so outer intention is basically allow it's basically giving the green light to the world to let the, your goals realize themselves or to allow the goals to realize. So you're basically saying, okay, world, you can let this happen. Okay, world, you can let me go to funnel hacking life. It's basically outer intention. And it seems straightforward, but most people don't actually let the world do things for them. And I was the same way and I still am the same way. I'm working towards changing it. Outer intention does not hurry to achieve the goal because it is already a done deal. Now, this is something that I needed to hear a while back, and I did hear it, actually. I realized that I was hurrying so much to try and make enough money before Funnel Hacking Live so I can actually afford to go. But I was like two months out, so it was already deconstructive because I had two months but it was especially de- it was instruct- especially not good because I wasn't using outer intention. I was basically saying to the world that I can do things on my own and I don't need their help. I don't need its help. Because I didn't think that it was possible. That's why. The only way to understand the nature of outer intention more deeply is to practice lucid dreaming. So we're in a dream at nighttime. Let's just, so when you're at sleeping, you, things just happen to you when you're dreaming, right? 
you don't really know that you're dreaming or else you would be doing whatever you want. Things just happen in your dreaming and you're not really aware. You're not really awake. Things just happen. Life just happens. And then when you're awake, it's the same thing. You're not aware that you can actually choose your script. You can actually choose what's going on. But so things just happen and life just happens. But if you wake up and you're aware that you can do whatever you want, then you can invoke the winds of outer intention. And outer intention is basically, like I said earlier, giving the green light for the world to realize things. So when you're asleep and you summon an apple in front of you, you're using outer intention. Now, you can't necessarily do that in real life at this point of time because your worldview is not corresponding with that. You don't, your mind doesn't believe that that's possible. So your mind doesn't allow that to happen. But if you practice lucid dreaming and then summon an apple, you can feel that feeling that it feels like. You can start to feel what uh, outer intention feels like, and then you'll be able to understand it more. It's basically like practicing. And then you can use that and take that understanding and take it into real life. Inner intention transforms into outer intention when the conscious mind meets and merges with the subconscious. So this can happen in two ways, through your least, your worst expectations or your great, your best expectations. Many people, since we are a species controlled by pendulums and we are easily, we tend to steer towards the negative than the positive most people know exactly what they don't want and as a result their heart and mind are unified in the decision that they hate that thing and then as a result outer intention manifests that thing in real life and i actually have a an example it was funny because i was studying transurfing even before school started and on the first day of school we it was the classic we had to go around and do like icebreakers and have conversations with people in the class. And so I was, we, the certain type of icebreaker we were doing is everyone had a card with a question on it. And they're just questions about like, what's your greatest fear? If you could have a party and invite anyone in history to it, who would you invite? Like just interesting questions like that. And it was funny because I had the question of what's your greatest fear? And there is this one girl that I was talking to and she said her greatest fear is spiders. And I had just read the part in Transurfing where your worst expectations are always realized. And so I was, I, w- I just remembered that when I was talking to her and I asked her, do you find that you see spiders all the time throughout your day? And she like, it, it was almost as she felt understood. She like looked at me and she was so happy and excited that someone finally understood her. And she was like, yes, they are all over the place. Like she always experiences them. Like literally the other day she had a spider crawl on her. And so I was just like, oh, that's interesting. But inside I was thinking that's, that's so cool how I, like that is proof that that's how the world works. Because I'm always looking for proof to prove my mind that transurfing actually works. Because that's how you, that's how you grow your mind to actually accept the transurfing worldview, is to give it proof. And so that was a piece of proof that I was very excited to hear about. So that's the worst expectation, but you can also get your best expectation through the same means to wake up in a dream you have to train your mind to ask yourself is this real okay this is important this is one of the things about lucid dreaming that they teach you always have to be critical about your reality and ask yourself are you dreaming is this real and 
that allows you to gain awareness. And then that allows you to basically wake up and realize the rules of the game because it serves as two reasons. One, you'll realize if you're dreaming or not. So then if you are dreaming, you'll train your mind to realize, to ask that question when you are dreaming and then hopefully turn into a loose dream. But two, you will be aware that it is just a game and you'll be aware of your, the rules of the game are up to you. So train yourself to be awake all the time. And the next one is over the course of the day, you need to ask yourself whether what you are saying is real at least 10 times. So like I said, you have to be asking yourself all the time throughout the day. He says at least 10 times here, but I I suspect that he only said that to not scare away the listener, the reader. Because later on, he goes on and say, you have to ask yourself that every minute of the day, literally every single every single waking minute. So the basically the moral of the story is you should always be aware, always conscious, always awake throughout the day. So you can live, so you can actually take control of your destiny. Instruct your inner guardian to keep asking yourself whether you are asleep. That goes along with what I said before. Your inner guardian is actually like your inner witness, like your that thing that is aware of things in your mind. And if you instruct it to always ask yourself if you're asleep, and then over time you'll get better and better and then you'll be asking yourself, are you asleep all the time? And I just asked myself if I'm asleep just now. That's why I just went silent. And I am in fact awake, but it is just a game, so I can manage my destiny how I want. It is essential to always ask yourself with a critical attitude and prevent it from becoming a routine procedure. And that refers to asking yourself, are you awake? You should never go through the motions in this. You should always be critical about it. You should always be awake because I told this story yesterday, but last night I actually had, or not yesterday. I told this story in yesterday's episode, which was last night for me, which I recorded yesterday's episode like 30 minutes ago. But last night I had a dream where someone literally said, wake up. Someone literally told me to wake up. Someone gave me the cue that I'm dreaming and that it's just a dream. And you know what I did? I didn't. I woke up. I was present. But I wasn't aware that I was dreaming. So I wasn't critical enough. I kind of just made it routine. It was just routine. And that was last night. I'm still struggling with this stuff. It does not happen right away. To subject outer intention to your will, you have to wipe all negative thoughts from your mind and establish harmony between the heart and mind. So that goes along with what I was saying earlier about unifying the heart and mind, the subconscious and the conscious. And the second piece to this was you have to wipe negative thoughts from your mind because you can use outer intention against your will through realizing your worst expectations. Like you don't want, like that girl didn't want to always have spiders be in her life, but that was her worst expectation. Her heart and mind were unified. And so outer intention was subjected against her will. But if you want to subject it towards your will, you have to get rid of all negative thoughts and only think about the positive about what you want and then establish harmony between your heart and mind on those things. Reconsider your established views of the world. So this was just a passing statement in the book, but this is all about the book. This is what the book is. It's all about changing your views on the world because your views of the world obviously are not helping. They are obviously not working if you are in a situation where you're not happy about. But if you simply just change your worldview, change your view of the world, 
then your situation will improve. Not overnight, but it will improve. And it's been five months since I started, and it has improved, but not to the extent that I was hoping. So it does not happen overnight, but it will be quicker than not. So you might as well do it. Reconsider your established views of the world. And the way you train your brain to reconsider the established views of the world, the best way, in my opinion, is to read and study and just constantly read and study transurfing like I did or like I am doing. Gypsy's hypnosis. Ask three questions that all respond with yes. So this, I talked about this in a previous episode. I'm pretty sure it was called Ask Yes Three Times. Very valuable episode. And it's basically where if you, it's something that is good for human, uh, I read about it in How to Win Friends and Influence Others, Expert Secrets and Transurfing. So if it's in, there's something in three different books that are good books. If there's a common thing in three different books, it's definitely legit and it's definitely something to take into account. It's basically where you ask someone three questions related to the thing that you're getting at at the moment. And they all the answers to the question, they should respond yes. So I'm not going to give an example because you guys can go back and listen to that episode, ask yes three times if you want. But that is very, like that is very valuable. And it's, it basically puts them into a daydream. And then they're more suspect, susceptible to ask, to answer yes to the, th- the fourth question that you ask, which is usually what you want to get out of with that. Outer intention requires an even higher level of conscious awareness. So that gets at what I was talking about earlier. You have to be aware. You have to be conscious. You have to be awake all the time if you want to use outer intention. And it just requires a high level of conscious awareness. I'm going to get some water. In order to work with outer intention, you have to wake up. That's So if you guys notice, I'm repeating the same things just in different like different phrases and this is because he repeated Adam Zellin repeated the same things over and over and over again in different phrases just drilling into the fact that you have to do this one thing just from different perspectives like he has talked about being conscious and being awake so many times in that book that means that it's definitely a must do like you definitely need to take it into account and apply it so just always wake up and it's not going to happen overnight. Like it, over past episodes, I actually talked about how I was, I felt like I was losing my growth. I was shrinking in my growth. I was losing progress because I was waking up more throughout the day. So I thought I was falling asleep more throughout the day, but it was just that I realized that I was asleep more. So I was actually doing, it was actually good. It's a whole thing. Awareness is essential if you want outer intention to work. Once again, awareness is essential if you want outer intention to work. You have to be awake. You have to be aware that it's just a game. In order to avoid getting completely absorbed in a role, the intensity of inner importance and the projection of outer importance must be kept to a minimum, and the guardian must always be ready. So this, once again, is another statement of Be awake, be aware, just worded differently. You only have the right to choose not to change. So the analogy he gave in the book was, if you're at an art exhibit, you, and you see a painting you don't like, you don't make a fit and ask for it to get removed. You simply just walk to the next exhibit. So you have the right to choose which exhibit you look at but you don't have a right you don't have the right to change that exhibit so we can choose if we want to go to florida we can choose if we want to go to florida but we can't change chicago to florida 
I think that's the right interpretation. I don't even know, to be honest. You have to remind yourself again and again of the need to go with the flow. So there's this thing called the alternatives flow, the alternative space, which has everything there was, is, and will be. It's basically any possible variation in in life. And that is where the dream, that's where the soul goes when you're dreaming. So that's why crazy things happen in your dreams because your soul is basically just randomly flying through the alternative space. But the, in re, in reality, in material reality, only the manifest sectors where we lived in, and then things from the alternative space slowly begin to manifest. And going with the flow is basically going on the path of least resistance towards your goal. And that going with the flow is basically not listening to the mind, but listening to the heart and allowing the heart to listen to the alternatives flow and go on the most efficient path forward. Conscious awareness lies in observation, not in the ability to control. So observe, this is the thing he talked about. Step down from the auditorium. So if you're immersed in your role of life, in your role that you're playing in life, step down from the actor's seat in the play and go to the auditorium and just observe. And do not try and control things, just observe. And that's conscious awareness. The more conscious awareness you have in waking, the more effectively you will be able to take charge of your own destiny. Now, I touched on this a little earlier, barely, but the more conscious awareness you have in waking, so if you are conscious all the time in waking, you are able to evoke the winds of outer intention all the time. So then you will more the most effectively be able to move towards your goals and take control of your your own destiny. So that sentence alone will change your life. The more conscious awareness you have in waking, the more effectively you will be able to take charge of your own destiny. If you don't like the way your destiny is played out, well then just be conscious conscious aware more throughout the day and then you'll be able to effectively take control of your destiny and change it how you want taking responsibility of your own fate is not a burden but an act of freedom so that's what i was thinking the first time i read transurfing i thought that it was a burden to always have to wake up and always be conscious but it's not a burden it's just an act of freedom it's just it's like, I'm not trying to be trapped. I'm not trying to be imprisoned all my life. So I'm going to do an act of freedom. And it's really easy. It's not even that difficult. Not nearly as difficult as I thought it would be to take responsibility of my own fate. And just wake up. Simply just wake up. The relative sharpness or dullness of one's mind depends more on awareness than it does on intellect. So this was very, very enlightening for me to hear the first time I read it. And at first, I I didn't really think much of it. But now, looking back on it, I realize my mind feels so much more sharp and so much more concentrated. Like, my mind just feels so much more clean now that I'm way more aware now. And looking back on my memories, I it, my mind just seemed dull back in the day. And plus, I wasn't very... I was intellectually smart in certain areas, but I was not... I was not really... I was not very sharp. Like, I don't really know how to explain it. I have a vague conceptual idea of what this statement means, but... You just got to understand, and I don't really understand it, so sorry about that. Lack of awareness. Oh, wait, actually, no, go back to it. The relative sharpness of the dullness of one's mind depends more on awareness than it does intellect. So you can actually, I want to tell, explain something. So if you're more aware and you're listening to the Russell and Morning Stars, which is basically the intuition feeling then you can get intuitive thoughts more often. So then you see more 
smart, seem more intelligent. So that alone is making you more intelligent. Plus, you're more clear, you're more conscious, so your mind is more clear, clean of the clutter, the constant chatter. And you just are sharp. You're a sharp human being. And it's also, you make mistakes when you're asleep. Anytime you make a mistake, reflect and ask yourself, were you asleep? You probably were. You don't make nearly as much mistakes when you're awake. And because of that, when you're awake, you move towards your goals quicker so you don't make as much mistakes. And I'm talking the bad mistakes, not not necessarily the... Actually, yeah, mistakes. Lack of awareness is the result of not wanting to look reality in the eye. That is why everyone falls asleep. Because they don't like the harshness of reality. They don't like reality. And it was a defense mechanism that our brain uses to hide ourselves from the reality. But it is actually hurting us more than helping us because... We are losing the, when we fall asleep, we are losing the power of outer intention. And also we get caught by pendulums and we get immersed in the game. So it was, it's simply just a a downside. There's, I'm not really sure if there's any good side to falling asleep throughout the day. And let me tell you a story. After I heard the lack of awareness is the result of looking, of not wanting to look reality in the eye, I was conscious of that statement throughout the following days. And I, f- I found myself when reality got tough and I, it became harsh, I literally just fell asleep. And there's one example where I was in a situation where there was a deviation in my script. So we were, I don't even remember what happened, but we were, we were at the park and then so like something happened, something bad happened. And then I just fell asleep. And so reality was harsh and I didn't like it. So I fell asleep. But another example, the other day, and this happens like all the time. And now I'm starting to become conscious of it. Every time I take a cold shower in the morning, that sucks. Like no one likes to take cold showers. I mean, we people like it, like I like it, but it sucks, you know? And so reality sucks at that moment. So I literally just fell asleep right when I started taking a cold shower. And then I realized I was aware, I was conscious of the that statement that lack of awareness is the result of not wanting to look reality in the eye. So then I woke up and looked reality in the eye and I just felt the cold water touching my body and just felt the shivers going down my spine. Fear and anger are extreme examples of the absence of awareness. So fear and anger. If you see someone in a, like an angry rage, a temper tantrum, they are absolutely immersed and they're not aware of the game. They're immersed in their role. And it is just, I've seen it all the time. Sorry about that. There was an interruption. I had to deal with it. Um, I try to limit those interruptions, but sometimes things are just out of my control. It's okay though. Let's get back to it. I was talking about how fear and anger are extreme examples of the absence of awareness. So whenever someone's in a temper tantrum, they are immersed and you can tell like they do not know what's what's right or wrong and they don't know that things just are not actually that important and usually people get extremely mad over just the simplest things and at those times they're like just unaware they're simply just unaware so don't just avoid that maximum awareness can be achieved as long as the inner guardian is constantly present in your consciousness that is very, that's a very important sentence. So if maximum awareness, if you've been paying attention, you obviously now want maximum awareness. So you can use outer intention to get your goals, achieve your goals. And it, it can be achieved as long as the inner guardian is constantly present in your consciousness. So always be aware and always have your inner guardian constantly asking yourself, are you awake? Are you awake? Just 
every minute of the day. Make sure that you're awake. And so ask yourself that until it becomes an attitude. You have to remember to ask yourself every minute of the day, are you asleep or not? So that it becomes an attitude. (laughs) I just said that. But yeah, it must become an attitude to always stay awake. You have to change your attitude to be awake. Currently, and here's a tip that I learned from Tufti, the priestess, on one of Adam Zellin's book. People have the habit to fall asleep when certain events or things happen. So let's say you start talking to someone. People have a habit to fall asleep. Let's say a box falls on the ground. People have a habit to just fall asleep. So right now, let's just say the default habit for humans is to fall asleep after something happens. We just habitually fall asleep. Now, Tufti says reverse that habit reverse it so after any time something happens wake up wake up instead of fall asleep so if you're about to do something wake up make it a habit to wake up before you do anything if something happens if that box falls down make it a habit to trigger you to wake up always wake up make it a habit to wake up intention neither believes nor desires it simply does so the example he gave is right now i want you to desire to lift your arm so desire to lift your arm like you feel that urge oh i want to lift my arm i want to lift my arm and that's what people who are paralyzed if they try to lift like their leg they they feel the desire to lift their leg but it's not until they intend to lift their leg when it does so intention doesn't believe that you can lift your arm it doesn't it doesn't desire that you can lift your arm intention just does it so lift your arm you just lifted your arm that was intention you intended to lift your arm and that action was intention and you didn't believe or desire that you could lift your arm you just did it like you simply just did lift your arm like if you start walking like assuming that you're not paralyzed if you just start walking you you don't believe you can walk you don't desire to walk you just do it you just get up and walk it's just example of what intention is and intention is tough to explain and tough to describe tough to put words to The secret to fulfilling one's desires lies in the understanding that desire must be replaced by intention. Total resoluteness in the desire to have and act. So there's two types of intention. Inner intention and outer intention. Inner intention strives to impact the world directly and outer intention strives to allow the world to do things on its own. And if inner intention is the the decision to act then outer intention is the decision to have so the decision to have is something that will is a theme that will pop up more and more throughout the book if you simply just have to allow yourself to have something and decide to have it i mean just in let's use common sense if you let's say you want to become a millionaire and that's your goal and you don't allow yourself to have that and you don't like decide to have that if you don't allow yourself that you can have the millionaire status like just use common sense do you think you're going to get that no probably not so there's no point if you don't allow yourself to have it's all about allowing yourself to have importance gives rise to doubt so if you place too much importance on something. This is what I did for the Florida trip that I'm going on next next uh, month. In one month from today, as of recording, I'm going. Well, actually, less than a month, but I placed too much importance on that trip, and I doubted that I could actually do it. And so, once I realized that I had doubts, 
well, I just lower the importance and create a, a backup plan, realize what will happen if I fail. Nothing will happen. When there's doubt, the rational mind desires something. So that's another thing. So importance gives rise to doubt, but when there's doubt, that means that the rational mind desires it. And as you know, desire does not do anything to lift up your arm. It's intention that actually lifts the arm. So if you if your goal is to lift your arm, desire won't do anything to help it. If anything, it will hurt you. And that's the same if your goal is to be a millionaire. Desire will not do anything to help it. And doubt gives doubt if there's doubt that means that the mind desires something so you have to fix that accept the possibility of defeat at the outset of the goal this should be a one-time event then never think about failure or success just move in the direction of the goal and set off as you would to the store to get some bread so that was a longer quote Accepting, okay, so if you have too much outer importance on the goal, that means that you placed too much value, you interpreted that goal too highly, you placed too much meaning on it, then you simply just have to come up with a backup plan or accept the fact that you might, or accept the possibility, not the fact, the possibility that you may be defeated, like you may fail at your goal. So for example, for me, I accepted the possibility of the the possibility that I may not be able to make it to Funnel Hacking Live the second I created that goal. So at the outset of the goal, the second you create it, you accept the possibility that you might not make it. And that should only happen once. Once you accept the possibility of the, of the goal, simply just do not think about failure or success and just move in the direction of the goal and your attitude should be the same attitude that you have when you go to the the store and pick up a loaf of bread you simply just go out and get it you don't like think too much you just go out and get it you know it's there and you simply just get it let me get some water Outer intention is the unity of the heart and mind. So I touched on this earlier. Unify the heart and mind and you activate outer intention. Whilst you live without conscious awareness, reality cannot be controlled. It just happens. So I talked about this. When you're asleep, dreams just happen. You don't, you don't control your dreams. Even though everyone knows you can control your dreams. And if you don't know that... I mean, not everyone knows it, but I didn't know that until a couple of years ago, but now, you know, you can control your dreams if you were aware that you're dreaming, but you can control your dreams, but people are not aware. And so it just happens. Dreams just happen. And reality is just like that. You can't control reality unless you're aware and consciously aware and reality will just happen to you. That's why people end up where they don't want to be in life. They, they look back on the past like 20 years and they think, man, how did I get here? Awareness is achieved by being detached from the game. So that that's, I touched on this about the rage thing. So when someone experiences a lot of rage they're immersed in the game but if you simply detach and realize oh that is not important like just detach yourself from the game so let's say you stub your toe and you just go into a fit of rage well it's not actually that bad it's simply just when you stub your toe it hurts for what 10 seconds and then you're good so you're just in the game and if you detach yourself and realize, oh, that just happened, and you can actually interpret it as good, and that's following the principle of coordination, which I'll be talking about in a f in many in 
the near far future episodes because coordination doesn't come up until later on in the book. But if you... And then once you detach yourself, then you're aware. Most people are 90% preoccupied with thoughts about themselves. This was a game changer for me. So I'm, for context, I'm a high school student and I would walk around the halls and most people are like this, I think. People are like nervous or not nervous. They, a lot, some people have anxiety about what other people are thinking about. And a lot of people waste a lot of energy worrying about what others are thinking. And even to this day, I still sometimes worry about that. But then once I detach myself and become aware, then I remind myself most people are 90% preoccupied with thoughts about themselves. So I'm 90% preoccupied with thoughts about myself. So I'm not worried about thinking, I'm not thinking about what other people are, are doing or look like. And that's the same with everyone else. And people don't even notice what you look like, particularly like they don't, they know what you look like, but they don't notice whether you're ugly or not. And you can ask, you can actually prove that by asking yourself, do you notice what anyone you encounter on a day-to-day basis looks like unless they're in your inner circle, like you're current like your closest friends family or whatever like i i don't particularly notice and most people don't particularly like no one particularly notice what you look like unless you're a potential partner or competitor so if you're a potential partner then i notice what you look like but that's all there is to it and this actually helped me a lot so i have this i'm very insecure about because I sweat a lot and I get like nervous in social situations. So I start sweating and I also have just bad sweating genetics in general. And I say genetics because I don't know what causes it. It might not be genetics. I don't know, but I get bad pit stains. And sometimes if I'm like running around, I get like sweat stains on my butt and I always get super insecure about my armpits and I hold my arms close to my body so people don't see my pits. And then I like, when I'm walking in the hallway, I position myself sometimes so where I'm away from people so they don't see. But then I remembered that most people are 90% preoccupied, or I learned that most people are 90% preoccupied with thoughts about themselves. And that was huge because... That allowed me to basically drop the importance and realize that no one's even thinking about me. So why should I need to waste my energy worried about what other people are thinking? Why do I need to waste my energy worried about other people if they're not even thinking about me? They're just doing exactly what I'm doing, thinking about themselves. And that's not ne- that's neither good nor bad if you're thinking about yourself, just how things are. And you can take advantage of it and realize that no one's thinking about you and then you don't have to feel self-conscious or insecure and it it really lifts a huge burden a heavy weight off of you if you're like me and you're self-conscious about yourself no no one particularly notices what you look like that was the next one i talked on that switch your attention to qualities you do like about yourself and other attributes you would like to acquire. That one is one of the oldest ones in the book. People always talk about, don't worry about your flaws, just focus on positives or traits you wish to acquire. And I kind of did that naturally, subconsciously, throughout time. And I'm doing it now still. And that is definitely huge it actually works so i would always like when i first started lifting i did not like how i was skinny but i did not focus on that i didn't focus on my physique i literally just focused on getting jacked i used to always say i'm a beast and i used to repeat that to myself with the emotion i used to say i'm a beast like i look in the mirror and i'm like man i'm a beast you know and i i would just focus on 
the traits that I would look that I wish I had, like me being a beast. Like I certainly was not a beast. I'm more so of a beast now. I, I'm not sure if I'm entirely a beast yet, but I like to think I am. But I changed my identity to being a beast and then I slowly became a beast and, and my physique grew. Like I have a very nice physique now and it's cause I focus on positive qualities that I wish to acquire that I would like to acquire. And then I worked towards acquiring them. And this also is like many things when I started learn, when I realized one month ago to be conscious I wasn't focusing on how much I was asleep every day. I was focusing on how much I was aware and awake today. And then the next day I was like, oh, I was awake more than yesterday. And then the next day more, you know, I always focused on the positive. Don't focus on the negative. And I'm going to be honest. I just presented myself as doing this perfectly. I did not do it perfectly. There's many times where I focus on the negative and I got consequences because of that. You simply just got to catch yourself every time you do that and then just change it. It's really all about consciousness. It's all about being aware. If you can conquer the mind, I'm not sure if that's the right term, but if you can control your mind, then you can achieve whatever you want. And most people, including me, are not in control of their mind. I'm training myself to be in control of my mind, but my mind just does whatever it wants most of the day. But now uh, it's changing one month in and I'm starting to actually gain control over my mind. Switch your attention from the negative to the positive. So this kind of goes hand in hand with the one I talked about before, but it just makes sense. Use common sense. Why would you think about the negative? No point. There's no point. There's no positive to thinking about the negative. So then just think about the positive because it's better. makes you feel better. Plus, you're radiating positive thought energy to where you are literally like transferring to lifelines of more positive nature. Even if you don't believe in that, it just makes sense to think about the positive. And the rose-tinted glasses, Adam Zone said that it was actually created by the pessimists. That term was created by the pessimists because it was so uncomfortable to them to think about the positive that they just said that don't think about the positive because it was uncomfortable to them. So they told other people not to. They created the rose-tinted glasses. But rose-tinted glasses are actually good, I'm pretty sure. I'm still foggy on that, but I think it's good because always focus on the positive. Give yourself permission to be worthy of the luxury. So why not? Why not? I'm still trying to convince myself to give myself permission to be worthy of luxury. But I'm asking myself, why not? My heart is just the same as everyone else. Just the same perfectness. So why Why not? Why can't I have luxury? No reason. And I can. The only person, the only thing stopping me is myself. And the only thing that will allow me to is myself. So it's really up to me. And you simply just have to give yourself permission to be worthy of luxury. It's all about giving yourself permission first. It is essential to give yourself permission to have. If you can't give yourself permission to have... How can you expect to have it? If I can't give myself permission to go to to Florida next month, how can I expect to get there? Now, I already bought the tickets in the hotel, but that's not a guarantee. Stuff can happen. I still have to get I still have to give myself permission. I still have to give myself permission to be worthy of the luxury. It's all about that. So I actually have one, two, three, four more pages of review that I have not, that I was, that I have not gone on over yet. So I will be posting that in two days, I believe. I believe I will be posting part four in two days of Transurfing Principles. 
Um, so that will help me catch up for next weekend's recording. And that's that's the end of today's episode. To wrap things up, don't forget to download your favorite episodes and subscribe to the Ascend Momentum Show. But before you guys leave, make sure to remember the equals.